Good afternoon. It is Friday, February 17th, and this is Chickie Fitzgerald with the Executive Girlfriends Group, and it is my pleasure to introduce to you Kristen Kaufman, who is the author of a, a really interesting book called Is This Seat Taken? Random Encounters That Change Your Life. And I, I was just having a little pre-chat with Kristen and telling her how this particular topic is so near and dear to my heart because I have had so many of these random <laughs> encounters that indeed have changed my life. So she could have been writing this about me. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Kristen, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself on, on the personal front, uh, just so that we can get to know you a little bit. Where did you come from before you decided to write your book? And I know that you're the founder of a company called Alignment, and we'd love to hear a little bit about what Alignment does. Okay, great. Well, I, um, I'm a small-town girl, and as you and I were speaking about before we got on the um, on the actual interview, I'm, uh, I hail from Hot Springs, Arkansas, so I am a small-town southern girl, um, who actually grew up in corporate America. So my professional career um, really was launched initially at Hewlett Packard Company, where I rose up through the ranks in sales and marketing, and when I left was running a very large unit for them in their channels and um, sales organization, uh, and left you know with about it was about a three billion dollar top line revenue responsibility. When I left HP, um, I went to another small software company, um, Vignette Corporation, out of Austin, Texas and uh, cut my teeth in the software space as an executive vice president working on the on the team there, and it was a tremendous experience, Chickie. It was moving from a very large corporation to, you know, a $250 million publicly traded company, but nonetheless, you know, in scale, significantly smaller than what I had been accustomed to. Mm-hmm. And um, and then my last corporate position was with United Health Group, where I was a vice president there. And um, so my my prior professional experience has all been in corporate America, and um, I left corporate America for a myriad of reasons, but uh, one was that I really didn't feel like I was aligned, and thus in lies the title of the company that I founded, um, aligned being uh, aligned to what I really wanted to do, what I felt like I was good at doing, and what my calling was at the deepest part of my soul, so to speak, the purpose that I really wanted to contribute to the world, and um, I wanted to help other people find that, that same um, alignment within their lives, professionally and personally. So that's kind of, in a, in a nutshell, my professional journey up until now. So tell us how you ended up writing a book. That That is always intriguing to me because uh, before I wrote my first book, which was very much uh, geared just toward my industry, so it wasn't one that you would find on Amazon, um, but I always found it so daunting to walk into a bookstore because, uh, you know, there were so many titles and so much to choose from. And, and now that's even exploded further with people being able to buy, uh, you know, e-books on the Internet. So so what made you get over that hump of, of uh, just the daunting aspect of becoming an author and getting published? Right. Well, you know, to your point, the barrier to entry has, of course, um, been reduced significantly over the last number of years with the um, the launch of the ebook. But you know, it's funny. I was always a writer, so I had kept a journal my entire life, really. And when I was a global road warrior um, in the three big jobs that I had in corporate America, I kept a journal on all of those business trips over the years. And initially, the book I was going to write is not the book that we're talking about today. I'd actually launched um, an effort to. Um, combine a number of articles and blogs that had 
created a tr very large following in my for my client base. I have about 6,000 people that hit my blog every month, and they were um, urging me to write a book and to compile a lot of that um, mm. that content. But ironically, Chicky, that was not really what was resonating with me, and I really wanted to write a book about the people that I had met over the course of my life that were what I call the anonymous people, you know, the people that uh, a lot of times don't even have last names. In fact, some of them don't even have first names. There are people that you just, that cross your path, and um, I say randomly, but I really don't believe in accidents. So right. I, I don't believe that anything is really random, that uh, the most significant things can come from the most insignificant and the most incidental encounters. And so right. that was what I wanted to compile in this book, and that's how the book came to be. Right. Um, to be honest, Chicky, I was never really daunted from the aspect of of writing the book, it was more publishing the book that was scary to me. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's really what I mean because there's so much yeah. competition, and and there are so many, so many individuals who either feel like they've got a manuscript inside of them, or who have gotten over that writing hump and have actually written it, but have yes. no clue how to get it out. So, oh, who, yes. who is your publisher of this book, by the Brown way? Brown Book, yeah. Brown Books Publishing is the publisher, and um, and it's you know as as you know as a writer, it's. Um, it's not for the faint-hearted. Writing a book is not for the faint-hearted. Right. Writing, writing the book was probably the easiest part of the entire process, and it's right. been a, a tremendous learning curve for me, one that I would definitely embark upon again, but nonetheless, it's been a tremendous learning curve. Right, right. Well, it's interesting because I, I normally, um, you know, in the interview with the author, will go through uh, kind of the core chapter structure. But the way that this book is written is this collection of stories. And I, I'm just going to read a couple of the chapter headers so that our listeners will, will hear, uh, you know, kind of the thread of what you've done. So uh, we go from uh, chapter one, which is Wisdom from a Cabbie, uh, the next one is a moment's connection. The next one, just lean on me. Where is there? Um, uh, one that you actually have the, the chapter on your website, on your personal website, is seat 5E. And I think so many of us have had, uh, particularly since we've got a lot of members that are a part of the travel industry, we've got those seat 5E experiences. Mine was actually 5B, and I will tell you this one really quickly. I, I was working for a small accounting system company that was actually here in Tampa. Uh, I, I didn't live here at the time, but... Um, I was in Boston having done an installation at a travel agency of this accounting system software, and I went to the airport, and uh, we had just been acquired by American Airlines, so we always flew standby. Well, the good news was that we typically got in first class. This was before the Advantage program and all of the frequent flyer stuff uh, you know, kind of pushed everybody else out. But I was seated in 5A, and there was this very, very irritating man sitting in 5B who Smoke. He was a chain smoker, and again, these were the days when you could still smoke on an airplane. And and he was talking into a dictaphone. And you know, I mean, the how rude was like uh, how rude squared. You know, yes. smoking and talking into a dictaphone. And at some point, I and, and I wasn't doing anything. I was just actually sitting there. At some point, I looked down at at his. Uh, correspondence and saw that it was all addressed to Robert Crandall and he was the CEO of American Airlines and so here I'm sitting at the next to the CEO of my company wow. and I was actually paralyzed because I was afraid that I would say something that would get me into trouble right. and he asked me uh, we were going from Boston to Dallas and he said uh, well 
uh, when he finally put everything away when they brought the meal, he said, you know, so do you live in Boston or Dallas? And I said, actually, neither, sir. My job requires that I travel 50 weeks out of the year, and so my things are in storage. He said, you're kidding. Who do you work for? And I said, actually, sir, I have the pleasure of working for you. So that that was my 5B story. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but it, it did change my life because it made me realize that I could stand up and talk to anybody at any level and uh you know I got out of my my uh my shell of thinking that uh because he was in in such a high position that I wouldn't be able to. So having right. said that, uh and again, you've got this just a wonderful uh list of chapter titles and I don't have time to go through all of them, but anybody who is interested in buying this book, which I know you will be after hearing Kristen, um just take a look at amazon.com and uh it's got the full table of contents there but uh again i think just in hearing kristen tell some of her stories uh that you will find that you will be compelled to go buy this book so kristen why don't you just pick out a couple of your favorites right. and and just be thinking about that um but the first thing i'd like to talk about is just this whole notion of random encounters and you know you mentioned that you don't believe that anything happens by accident and i i happen to share that because uh so many times in my life i'll get a phone call from someone and you know just yesterday i got an email from a guy who had contacted me a year ago and i i didn't have any reason to need to talk to him then and then just yesterday as i am in need of uh, a particular service, he comes right back into my life right at the uh, the amazing right time. So talk to me a little bit just about the concept behind the book. Right. So, you know, um, as I mentioned, I think that there are so many people that incidentally cross our paths. And as you know, the world is moving so fast. And it used to be when we would sit in an airport terminal, we would actually converse with the neighbor on the right or the left side of us. Now, most people have their nose buried in a black barrier or an iPhone, and we are oblivious to what is truly going around about us or, or you know, the, the people mm-hmm. that are crossing our paths. And so my whole intention was to have encourage people to slow down, to be present in the moment, and to be awake to those incidental encounters and the wisdom that those individuals can bestow upon our lives if we are just awake enough to experience it. So that was really the calling. Um, and being you know, a road warrior, as I mentioned before, myself, and constantly running from plane to plane or you know, bustling from one city to another or to a client call or a client meeting or a large presentation, the tendency is to get absorbed in our own world. And you know, the third point is that I truly believe that our own world is truly one world and that we are all connected. And so the third point, you know, the first point being stay present in the moment, the second point be awake to those experiences that are being introduced to us and given to us, um, I believe, from a divine power. And the third piece, that we are all connected and we are in earth school. We are all here to teach and to learn and we are perhaps doing both at the same time. We never right. really know when we're teaching or when we're learning and perhaps doing both at the same time. So that was really the, the those were the core pillars that you know I was trying to get across in the book. Right. And it consists of, you know, twenty five, you know, vignettes, um, ranging anywhere, Jicky, from the grocery store checkout clerk to a little girl that I taught swimming lessons to when I was younger, to a cab driver in St. Louis, a cab driver in New York. Um, to a couple that I randomly 
saw, never met, in mm-hmm. Varanasi in India on a trip, on an Odyssey trip that I had taken. So they're a very wide, dispersed um, collection of vignettes that touched my life and certainly took my perspective and my life on a trajectory that I know I would not have taken had it not been for their their crossing my path. So that's that's kind of the impetus for the book. And right. it's it's yes, it has does have a spiritual thread to it, but it's very humorous. Um it is peppered with a number of leadership principles that certainly I garnered from these random encounters. Um and uh you know there I think it has a it has something for everyone. I think initially when I wrote it, Chicky, I was writing it for the executives that you know shared the same you know lifestyle that I did. But what I found since I launched the book, it has really found a following with soccer moms. It's found a following with um, the geriatric community. It's found a following certainly with corporate America and people that respond to you know like we were talking about the American Airlines and the Southwest Airlines you know uh, lifestyle. Right. So I think there actually um, there is something for everyone just because of the disparity of stories that I've told. Right, and you know it's it's interesting because I I was just um, in um, in Dallas yesterday and and, and helping uh, one of my clients um, you know take a look at their corporate history and and what would have changed had they not been there. It's kind of like the the corporate version of um, it's a wonderful the life. Move. Yeah, it's a wonderful life exactly yeah. and. And it's so funny because it began, this company's history began with a chance encounter on an airplane between, you know, a CEO from, or actually not even a CEO, I think two salespeople from uh, from IBM and from American Airlines. Mm-hmm. And out of that conversation, multiple industries were transformed forever. And new amazing? industries, new cottage industries um happened and and people who had been in jobs that were interesting uh became uh technology enabled and they actually became um more valuable you know and and so when you take a look at any one of these incidents and and how the world the whole world changes it's like this ripple of you know throwing the pebble in you you have no idea or the butterfly wing theory i don't know if you've heard oh, about yes, that oh yes i wrote a blog on that yes just a couple of yeah, weeks ago yeah yeah so so anyway tell us a couple of your favorite stories Kristen, and and uh, you know how how things do change right. uh, as a result of these random encounters right so, you know, I'm often asked what's my favorite story, and I, it's hard to say what my favorite story is, but I'll, I'll tell you a couple. The first one that, um, you know, is, is doesn't these people that I observed, Chicky uh, didn't even have names. So I was actually walking um, down a path in India. I had taken a, a long, extended global trip in India. Was, I had been there for about a month, and I was heading down to the Ganges with my guide to ride um, on a morning sunrise canoe ride down the Ganges, which is a tremendous experience if you ever have the opportunity to go, go. Um, But walking down this path, you know, it was filled with every sensory um, experience that you could even imagine. The smells, the sounds, the colors, um, the the music, the gnats, which are the outdoor crematoriums where, you know, the Indians will um, Mm -hmm. cremate their relatives or their family members were within 100 yards of where I was. So you had that whole incredible experience from birth to death, literally within a 400-yard radius. And I happened to look up 
and on this platform, and the platform would have been maybe six feet by ten feet maximum, on four spindly little stilts with a light bulb that was attached to a to the primary electrical you know um, source. It was you know all exposed with some sheets and towels, basically covering three sides of this platform. Laid a couple, and the couple was clearly you know, in the depths of poverty. Um, they were living in this platform with this one little light bulb above their head. And I am overwhelmed with grief, with empathy. And right about the time I was, you know, going to say something to my guide, a little baby cried in between this couple. And this couple was gooing and cooing over this newly born infant mm. that clearly was between them. So I was overcome with this and, of course, had the, the chapter goes on and the story goes on to say the conversation that I had with my guide. The net result of it for me was is that love was pervasive among those three people, the, the, the two adults and the young infant. And thus, you know, again, affirmed to me that love is the overriding glue that binds all of us together and love is truly, um, truly the the answer for so many right. of our world's problems and so many of our challenges. So in a nutshell, the the takeaway for that was the love message. And, um, of course, the story, I think, hits people in different ways because of the way it's been told. And so I'm giving you, obviously, a synopsis of it. But right. that was one story. Um, and, of course, having having it occur in India of all places where it's probably one of the most poverty-stricken countries in our in our world was obviously very um, poignant, too. Um, so that's one story. Um, another story you've, you've mentioned was the was the 5E story, and the reason why I think that resonates with so many uh, professionals is that the gentleman that I met um, who was sitting in seat 5E had just recently left a corporate position. He had had a tremendous run, and he basically had a conflict with what the company was asking him to do, and so he made the decision to leave because his values were not in alignment, to use my word, with the, mm -hmm. the company's values. So he left, and he was lamenting that he felt like you know, his identity was now um, unknown because his identity for so many years had been, I am XYZ executive for XYZ right. company. And being John Smith really wasn't enough. But his identity was tied directly with the company or the employer for whom he worked, which I hear daily. You know, people right. assign their value and their identity to who they work for. And so this whole story was all about um, people having the courage and the, um, and the competence to leave a corporate position to pursue something that perhaps they really want to pursue or if, in fact, their values are being challenged to have the chutzpah to leave and say, I can't. I can't stay here because it's not in alignment with what I really believe and how I want to, you know, the legacy I want to leave on the planet, so I'm going to leave. And then having the courage to do that and have the courage to say my identity is who I am. It is John Smith. My DNA is my identity. My identity is not solely tied to any one place of employment. So that's that story. And I can't tell you, Chicky, how many people have read that story that said that they were, it was speaking directly to them, you mm -hmm. know, because they, they personally faced that same, you know, that same challenge. So yeah, just, and yeah. So many so many of our members have have definitely gone through that, you know, over the course of the last 3 years with the economic turmoil. Uh and again, specifically those who are in the travel industry who yes. you know, the travel industry 
along with real estate, were probably two of the hardest hit uh, industries as a whole. And and really getting to that place of, of having, uh, you know, their own identity and knowing who they are, yeah. uh, you know, is kind of part of that journey. But, you know, the thing that struck me as you started talking about, um, again, this whole thing of random encounters and making yourself present, you know, I think of how many opportunities are missed every single day because of burying ourselves in our iPhones or our Blackberries. Oh, yeah. And that, um, you know, and, and it's so funny because last night I was kind of picturing, um, because I had two amazing days in Dallas and, and was able to have access to, to people that are going to be able to propel uh, my current uh, business venture forward in an amazing way. And I, I just almost was chuckling to myself that you know that I I know I've got this business development angel who's been assigned to me you know and and yes. you think about that that okay so whatever they were trying to link me up with if, if I'm buried in my iPhone it's not like they're thwarted of like oh well you know this is never going to happen you know then then there has to be some other way to weave it all together and so I don't know if you've ever there was an amazing book and since you've spent uh, time in India you may have come across this there's a an author named Rod Zacharias, uh, and he uh, came from a, a Hindu background, but uh, ended up embracing Christianity later in his life, and just writes these amazing, very, very thoughtful books. But his book was called The Grand Weaver, and it, it occurs to me that you know what you're telling here are a bunch of stories at a moment in time that if you could sit back and take any one of them and write a book about. Uh, you know all of the things that happened leading up to it, and all the things that happened after it. Yeah. That, oh my gosh, that would be an amazing view because it is the story of the Grand Weaver of making sure <laughs> that yeah. that everything works out and and that the timing is right. Because you know uh, I've met people like I said, uh, you know I met this guy a year ago who came to me because I was doing some work for um, a, a major association. And he wanted uh, to do business with them, and and now he's back to me, and and now I need him directly, and not on behalf of the association. So right. it's just it's very cool the whole issue of timing and and that being present and and being aware uh, that maybe it's that somebody needs to talk to you. You know, well, that, it's yes. not that yeah, not that you need something that they have, but that right. there there is something uh, in in both directions, as you mentioned. Well, that yeah, it's you know it's being present, being awake, and then to your point. Um, you know, we're here to teach and learn, and that, and you could be doing both at the same time, or you could be learning, or you could be teaching. You know, either way. Right. And I think the the interesting, the other aha that I've had over the last number of months since the book was released, um, a lot of people when we bring up these random encounters, um, they want to tell me about the fan. The, I call them the fancy people they meet. You know, the people that are the most notable. And, of right. course, my response is, you know, that's not the intention of the book at all. The intention exactly. of the book is that the these incidental encounters, not one of them is about someone fancy, you know, so to speak. They are all yes. about people who are just like you and me, that are in the human condition. We are navigating our lives, all, you know, trying to find our own road to alignment, so to speak. And if we're awake to those people who are crossing our paths, no telling what they can, what wisdom or insight or mm -hmm. perspective they can offer us that could, you know, just, you know, help us see more clearly, mm -hmm. or even to I have the courage. Just, you, I think you just identified the name of your next book, The Road to Alignment. 
Well, you know, that, it's funny. That was that was the name of the first book. And um, really, so, yes. And you know, the the first, as I mentioned, the first book that I was originally writing, and then I wasn't really called to write that book, so I started this book. And uh-huh. but yes, I I am working on my second book, and um, there are pieces of it that absolutely it it. It plays right into the road to alignment. Well, it's a great and, chapter title if it's not the book title because I, you know, right. I think uh, again, getting ready for that en- encounter that you don't even know is going to happen, you know, and and sometimes that's clearing out things that are blocking your vision. And I, I know so many people who are in a corporate job and are tied to it, and they know deep inside they want to do something. You know, they want to do something impactful or something different or something creative, I mean, something other than what they're doing. And they're so afraid to leave the security of where they are. Um, And, you know, I think sometimes this is why we end up seeing people who end up just getting fired out of nowhere, and then they find out that that was the best thing that ever happened to them. Oh, yeah. Because that security kept them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Well, and it's funny the kind of a tagline that I've used, you know, over the course of many years, you know, as I've kind of, you know, navigated my own career is, I didn't want to be on the hamster wheel anymore, and <laughs> so my mission was is with this book and along with my my business is to enable people and to encourage people to get off the hamster wheel and to embrace life as if they were on a Ferris wheel, and so the analogy of this hamster mm, wheel, and we're we're on this running, 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 and we're not looking either side. We're only looking ahead at the rungs in front of us. And imagine if they had changed that perspective and looked at it as a Ferris wheel, and the view that they have, and how the view changes depending upon which way you look. That's life, and that's what I really am hoping to encourage people to embrace. From hamster wheel well, to Ferris wheel. <laughs> yeah, and I, I absolutely love that analogy because, you know, it, they, they look, you know, they certainly have similarities. And, you know, transforming, um, you know, where you are going to end up. You know, I, I think that so many people, uh, particularly people who are caught in corporate jobs because of the, somehow the sense of security that they think they have, uh, you know, which as we all know, uh, security has been become very, very elusive these days, yeah. even in a corporate job. Um, you know that that they don't really think about where they want to uh, to end up uh, again, and and to be able to look back and see how each one of the things that they did uh, led to the place uh, where they are. And that that's kind of where I am in my life right now. I never in a million years thought I would be doing uh, what I am embarking on in in my new uh, venture, but. Uh, I now see that everything I've done along the way has been teaching me and preparing me for this place. Oh, no question. You know, my parents have always taught me that every experience that we go through, good, bad, and ugly, you know, is preparing us for the next thing. And, you know, when I coach people as part of, you know, my business and consult people with my my coaching and consulting business, I often hear, you know, I um, it's happened to me or I don't have control over any of that. And, of course, there, there there's so much truth to that. But what we do control <laughs> is our own choices and our own attitudes and our own mm-hmm. behaviors. And at the end of the day, we own it. We right. own it. We own where we, in the life that we're creating, you know, we own it. And um, it's a hard realization sometimes to realize that, but I believe it is to the, you know, to down to the cellular level, I believe it. 
Right. Absolutely. Well, why don't you give us one more story? Uh, I know we need to to wind down here. Okay. So give Uh, give us one more uh, insight into your book. Okay. All right. One story that I I love, and um, it's based in London and Belgravia. It's some canteen that oftentimes we global travelers find that are a couple of blocks from our hotel, and we hole up there to have you know, a cocktail at the end of the day or a supper. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting um, at the bar, and um, as we often do, those of us who, you know, observe people, whether they be in a bar or a restaurant or an airport terminal, and there was a woman at the bar. And um, she was the quintessential um, uh, plastic surgery, dressed to the nines, um, moneyed trappings, lots of jewelry, um, it's everything that you think of when you think of someone of that genre. And mm-hmm. she was sitting at the bar, and she was clearly draw, trying to draw attention to herself. And wanted, you know, because she was very, um, I guess, looking for company. And as I sat there, um, Simon, which was the gentleman, I named him Simon. I, I don't know if that was really his name or not. Uh, struck up a conversation with me, Chicky, and wanted to, you know, converse. Where are you from? Where are you going? Et cetera, et cetera. And then the topic led itself to this woman, whom he actually knew from a prior life. She was divorced. She um, had everything, quote unquote, that you would have thought a woman of that stature would want, and yet she wanted more. He was telling the story, and she wanted more money. She wanted more status. She wanted more affluence, and where she found herself at the end of the day was alone and still seeking. And the moral of the story, the story that I tell, is that she was seeking to be there, wherever there was, wherever she thought there was to be. Right. And really, there is no there. You know, Mm. where is there is the title of the chapter. And there is here you know there is within each of us within our own souls right. it is not found elsewhere and so the story is you know just a random encounter about you know an individual who was within the proximity of this other man and this there's a conversation that we struck up about her and again that story resonates with so many people because mm-hmm. in our society today chicky people are seeking more and I don't know where they think they're going, <laughs> but right. they're seeking more and more money, more wealth, more stature, more houses, private jets, you know, whatever. And at the end of the day, all of that is a lovely experience, and I love creature comforts just like everyone, and yet that is not the destination. That right. is not the destination. You know, where is there? There is here. <laughs> so that's absolutely that in that. that story. Exactly. Well, it reminds me, I've got an 11-year-old son who, who always uh, tells me, Mom, you know that there is no tomorrow. <laughs> so tomorrow never gets here. Wow. Then, so I'll have to throw the, the where is there to him today. Yes, yes. Well, it, it definitely is something to ponder. Definitely. Well, you know, you, you end up, I, I remember when I was young, our Art Linkletter had, had that show of Kids Say the darn, Darndest Things. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, and you know, I just recently, as I had shared with you, I've just recently taken over the role of mom, and it sounds silly because I've got a 14-year-old, so clearly I am not a new mom. But um, but my husband uh, played the Mr. Mom role for a very long time, and recently got a job. And you know, our our whole world has has pretty much been turned upside down. The kids. 
uh, are having to get used to me and having me around uh, uh, all the time and picking them up and helping with homework and stuff. And my husband's, you know, getting used to his new role, and and I'm trying to figure out when I can actually get work done, you know, since I'm driving uh, back and forth to school all the time. Yeah. And, you know, it's just it's so neat to, to get to know my kids because, um, you know, they've been there all along, you know, and I, I yeah. wasn't present for a lot of these first few years. And, and even when I was physically here, a lot of times I wasn't present, and I know you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, yes. It's hard. You have to – it's almost a discipline. You know, it's a changing mm-hmm. of your perspective on how you want to live your life. Absolutely. Well, Kristen, it has just been delightful, and you know, I look forward to uh, spending uh, some more time talking to you, uh, kind of offline, because oh. I, I would love to talk to you a little bit about what I'm doing and and hear a little bit more about your your business. Um, I would love and, that, Chicky. I would love that, and um, I'm sorry you were in Dallas yesterday when I was in Arkansas, but perhaps our Perhaps our paths will cross another time. I when bet. We're both I the bet same they city. will. So uh, link up with me on on uh, on LinkedIn, and I, I don't know if you uh, use tools like Foursquare and and Facebook, but I I, do. I I typically open up to people where I am because there have been so many times when you know I'll talk about having been in Charlotte and oh I was there yesterday you were there and now these tools actually allow you to to uh you know find people who are traveling oh. through the same airport or the same city that you are so would love to do that Kristen why don't you tell our listeners so how they can best get in touch with you I know oh. you have a blog you've got your yes. personal site you've got your business site yes I would love it if if people reach out to me cuz I I know that they've got stories that they may want to share and yes. I would love to hear them cuz I'm as I've mentioned I am writing my second book and I get some of the most wonderful um, perspectives from people that have contributed to me. But my my actual business site is www.alignmentinc.com and that is also linked to my book site and my personal site which is www.kristenkaufman and that is K-R-I-S-T-I-N Kaufman, K-A-U-F-M-A-N Dot com And so both of those places can, you can find me and there are places where you can reach out to me and I would just love uh-huh. to hear from anyone who wants to learn more about the book or more about what I do for a living. That's great. And for the Executive Girlfriends Group members, uh, Kristen uh, is a member on the private site. So if you uh, are driving or uh, are someplace where you didn't have a pen to write down what Kristen just said, uh, you can go ahead and search for her on the Executive Girlfriends Group private uh, member site. Right. And uh, let's see what else I wanted to tell everyone. Um, again, our Kristen's book is available on the Executive Girlfriends Group uh, book site. So uh, please feel free uh, to go and look there for her book. And you can order it, uh, I believe, both in Kindle and in uh, the hard copy uh, book. So, and it's on Amazon uh, and Barnes and & Noble and CEO Read. And Is This Seat Taken? Great. Again, the book is Is This Seat Taken? Random Encounters That Change Your Life. And we have been talking to Kristen Kaufman. Kristen, thank you so much. Oh, Chicky, I've loved every minute, and I just so appreciate you and Patty reaching out to me and um, if you have any other questions or if you want to powwow further about this, I am my doors are open. 
Well, terrific. I really appreciate that, and I will take you up on it. And for more information about the Executive Girlfriends Group, go to www.executivegirlfriendsgroup.com. And have just an amazing weekend. I and, will. Uh, Kristen, I will talk to you next week. I'll look forward to it, Chicky. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Alrighty, bye-bye.